0: Every American of every stripe liked Christmas a lot, but the Biden who lived in the swamp did not. The Biden hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why no one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his mask was too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his Fauci had made the wrong call. But whatever the reason, his Fauci or his mask, he only wanted everyone to be vaxxed. Staring out of his swamp with a sour Biden frown, he masked and he mandated like a king and his crown. The Americans down in America fought back tooth and nail, but divided in half, they were destined to fail. And so with his Fauci, the Biden rang in inflation. Present prices peaked as he declared, If I can't be king, I'll bankrupt the nation. He separated and he segregated each American by color, creed, and class. And just when Christmas hit, he raised the price of gas. Now, with the Americans whipped up in a flustered flurry, they would go for half-price to China in a hurry. So he pricked and he vaxxed and he masked and he made a once-great America the ultimate trade. Our freedom for his kingdom and our rights outweighed. Now, down in America, there was no Christmas feast, and Lady Liberty was left with marks to teach. And when it was over, there was a great fall. But half saw it coming. He was the Biden who stole Christmas, after all.
1: I want to give a shout-out to the production staff for that little number. That was very, very well done. Welcome to our Christmas special of I'm Right. And let's be honest. It's a tough year. Very tough year. 45% of American households, 45% are experiencing financial hardship as a result of, well, inflation. And let's remember, let's remember why we're here. What happened? What got us here? Why, 45%? That's big. That's almost half. Yeah, it's almost half. How did we get here? It's not difficult to figure out. We got a virus. We chose to treat every single American as if they were sick. We shut down an economy. We then, because people have bills to pay, begin to print these massive bills. Just print it, just print passing bills and then printing money and just chucking money at the economy like a bunch of drunken sailors. Well, there are laws in economics. You can't just print trillions of dollars in unbacked currency and chuck them at the economy and expect the dollar to remain strong. There's simply way too much money in circulation. Well, that's all fancy economics speak. That all sounds fine, but the problem is... There are a lot of kids who aren't going to get presents this year. That's the truth. That uh, family hams so many people buy at Christmas time. there are lots of them who won't be able to do it. We're hearing report after report after report after report. People won't be going to visit mom and dad this year. People won't be traveling to see their brother this year. They can't afford it. We're not even talking about gas prices and everything else. And this is a direct result. Remember, this is a direct result of the federal government. There are so many things out there you can't do or won't do now. Look, for me personally, I'll be honest with you. I love New York City. I always have. I've always been very honest with you about it. I've always enjoyed it. I've spent so much time there. I just enjoy Every time I visit, it puts a smile on my face. There's one thing I've never done, though. I've never done Christmas in New York City. It's supposed to be a wonderful Christmas town. And it's not as if I'm alone in this. People all around the world know about New York City at Christmas time. It's just one of those world-famous things, supposed to be this magical place to go spend Christmas. We've always wanted to go. We've always wanted to take the boys. Homicides are up 144% in New York City right now. I mean, we're not even talking about Rochester or Philadelphia or anything else. Let's just focus on New York City for a moment. 144%. The last time I walked the streets of New York City a couple months ago, broad daylight, some guy dropped his pants and peed on the sidewalk in front of me. There are homeless people using drugs right out in public all over the place. Walking back from dinner one night, it was dark. There was a guy clearly out of his mind, maybe drugged out, maybe both. There was a guy using one of the public trash cans as if it was a boxing heavy bag and screaming at it right across the street from us. Can't take my family there. If I have to go there for work or something like that, fine, even though I can't eat at a restaurant because I'm unvaccinated, but I can't take my family there. There's a chance my sons, I mean, they're 11 and 13. There's a chance my sons will grow up and leave the house and will have never taken that family vacation to go do Christmas in New York City. And this is the direct result of Joe Biden, the media, these communists all across the country. We're not even talking anymore about the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. You remember, Kyle Rittenhouse got acquitted. And and let's be honest, I realize it was a national trial. It was the easiest acquittal in the world. It was all on videotape. there, there, There was no suspense there. It was on videotape. The kid was defending himself. So he gets acquitted. And in the wake of him getting acquitted after a sustained campaign from Joe Biden and the media and others to make him out to be a white supremacist, even though he killed a couple white guys, in the wake of him getting acquitted, did you see any of those people back off? No. They decided to go on this horrible, days-long campaign of anti-white this and white supremacy that and white people and white, and bi- and finally, some violent, vile, racist black nationalist named Daryl Brooks with Black Lives Matter all over his social media, got in his SUV and drove into Waukesha's parade, mowing down 60 people on the way. One of the dead, his name's Jackson Sparks, an eight year old boy. It's a big deal. And speaking of kids, what we've done as a nation, not you personally, but what these communists have done to children over the course of this pandemic, it's far worse than not getting presents under the tree. That's fine, kids can live through that. The mental health of the kids in this nation, the child suicide numbers are staggering. We've now convinced kids there's some disease out there that could take their lives away from them any second. We got masks all over them. That's if they're even lucky enough to go to school. Half these kids are still sitting there in front of, in front of a Zoom meeting. It's a disgrace, and now, Not only are we telling kids to get vaccinated for a disease that doesn't threaten them at all, people like Bill de Blasio are forcing them to do so where they can't go out and eat. Our youngest kids,
0: we got to reach them now. Right now in this city, it's about 20% have gotten vaccinated in that 5 to 11 range. It's new. The vaccine's relatively new. But what we're trying to say to parents is it's urgent. Before Omicron grows, before Delta
2: continues to stress us even worse in the winter months, Uh, get your kid vaccinated and here's an
3: incentive to do it a lot of parents of course want to take their kids out to wonderful things that will be happening in the holiday season here's a reminder get your child vaccinated just one dose will immediately qualify any child to be able to participate in those activities
1: this isn't about a virus We got Biden and Fauci talking about every new variant out there, mandating vaccines. I definitely think we should mandate vaccines. We had the new variant, Omicron, come out and nobody died from it. And immediately, immediately, the CDC recommended you get a booster shot in response to something that hadn't taken a life on the whole planet. That's how insane we are. And i want you to remember something as you look at the empty shelves and you look at the increased prices and as you fill up your car with gas i want you to remember when joe biden got up on camera and he said this
3: by next christmas i think we'll be in a very different circumstance god willing than we are today i think a year from now when it's 22 below zero here um no a year from now i think that there'll be significantly fewer people having to be socially distanced have to wear a mask instead but we don't know
1: i remember i now know that his surgeon general's on camera telling everybody get vaccinated get your booster shot but still make sure you wear your mask make sure you're in well ventilated areas don't gather in close areas oh oh i remember the truth is, everything is worse. Everything has gotten worse. And everything has gotten worse over the years, specifically because of the Biden administration and what an unmitigated disaster they have been from start to finish. We have a good Christmas special for you tonight. We were going to talk about Biden. We're going to talk about the true meaning of Christmas. And who better to have on than Pastor Daryl Scott, who's going to join us next? <laughs>
3: if you watch the news recently you might think the shelves in all our stores are empty across the country that uh, parents won't be able to get presents for their children on holidays this holiday season but here's the deal for the vast majority of the country that's not what's happening can't promise that every person will get every gift they want on time Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. But there are items every year that sell out that are hard to find. Some of you moms and dads may remember Cabbage Patch Kids back in the 80s or Beanie Babies in the 90s or other toys that have run out at Christmas time in past years when there was no supply chain problem.
1: Joining me now, my friend Pastor Daryl Scott. Pastor, don't complain about supply chain issues. Don't you remember the Cabbage
4: Patch Kids? You know what? to be quite honest, Joe caused me to have a flashback because I remember I was bootlegging black market cabbage bag kids <laughs> cabbage back kids back in the day <laughs> I was able to get I was able to get my hands I was, just true story I was able to get my hands this had to be around 1984 or something I was able to get my hands on like 10 of them and I, I made a nice amount of money <laughs> after I put my tax on them so, you know, it was a good black market for cabbage back kids back then.
1: You know, Pastor, I'll be honest with you. I have uh, uh, walked a little on the darker side of life every now and then in my time, too. But I have never heard of somebody selling black market cabbage patch kids. That is the very first on this
4: show. Respect, sir. Respect. I can remember right. pulling up Pastor. in a car. I pulled up in a car with somebody at night and did the transaction through the window. They handed me the money, I handed them it, and we both pulled off. <laughs> Gosh.
1: <laughs> Jeez, oh, I got the money. You got the stuff. All right, yeah. right forget about it, Pastor. I, obviously, I miss President Trump. I miss having him there. I, I, obviously, he was imperfect, as we all are. But man, even Christmas time felt more like Christmas time with Trump there. With Biden, it doesn't. It all just seem fake and not real.
4: Hey, yes. Yeah, so first of all, don't let Trump hear you say he's not perfect. You get in trouble like <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> number one number two Joe has taken seems to, as if some of the uh, significance away from Christmas. notice he never used the word Christmas I watched the tape you roll. He said in this holiday season but then he didn't make a reference to Santa Claus but you know the Democratic party as a whole has had an assault against Christmas. the entire left has had an assault against Christmas for quite a while now. do you remember when the different retailers or whatever were taking any mention of Christmas away and they were trying to change it into holidays the same way they tried to change Thanksgiving into Turkey Day. And so I think this was part of the left's continual onslaught against Christmas because of the significance that is behind uh, that holiday, The, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They want to take away that significance and just turn it into another day like any other national holiday.
1: Why is the birth of Jesus significant?
4: Well, you know, we believe that he is God come in the flesh. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. We believe that. And Christianity as a whole embraces that. And Christianity, um, the right comprises a lot of, of mainstream Orthodox Christianity these days. And so, you know, there's an assault against that. They want to take away the deity of Christ and make Christianity just another world religion, uh, as just like all the others are, but they don't realize Christianity, we're exclusive in the sense that we believe Jesus Christ is the only way to have a relationship with God and to uh, gain access to heaven and have enjoy salvation is through Jesus Christ, and they want to take that away. They don't like that.
1: Amen. Why... Why go after Christianity if you're the left? Why not just wrap your arms around those stupid, ugly Christians and their and their and their superstitions? Why go after it so hard? What is it about Christianity that bothers them so much?
4: Well, being a pastor, I have to bring it from a theological standpoint. The devil is behind it. The devil is inspiring it. The devil is using the Democratic Party to undermine America, is using the Democratic Party as a whole, as a collective to erode the moral fiber and erode the standards and all of the, the standards or all of the distinctions that at one time differentiated between right and wrong, they're trying to blur those lines. And I, I, I have to say, I believe it's satanically inspired. I think the devil looked for a party that he could get behind and on a collective basis and use that party to advance his nefarious uh, uh, designs, and the Democratic Party is the one that he's using right now.
1: I will tell you, Pastor, it is hard. If anyone has a problem with what he just said, go look at the pro-abortion activists, especially we just had a recent argument about Roe versus Wade. Go look at those people and tell me there's not something seriously, seriously devious and evil going on there. Seriously devious and evil. I I have no idea how you can get to a place where you celebrate something like that, Pastor. I understand people who are indifferent with it. I understand people who aren't as pro-life as I am. I get it. I, I don't judge. But when you love it, there's something wrong there, deeply wrong.
4: You're absolutely right. And you can't claim to embrace science without inquiring as to what science says about an unborn baby. So if we're going to follow science, let's follow it biologically uh, as well as environmentally. And, and, and say, well, science says an unborn baby with a heartbeat is a life, that there is life. The life begins at conception. That's what science says. We can't pick and choose the parts of science that we want to adhere to and dismiss, especially the parts that are very uh, subjective or non-conclusive, inconclusive. We want to address those that are inconclusive regarding uh, this pandemic, but we want to reject those that are conclusive regarding human life. So it's sad. It's sad, man. Pastor, every man needs
1: to unburden himself now and then. So we're going to give you a chance right now. I understand the Scott family. There's no doubt you guys have Christmas traditions. Everybody does you have at least one that you have found to be brutal, and yet you do it every single year. Is it was it a food? Is it a something? What's a Christmas tradition that just grades on
4: you, but you're never gonna stop doing it? Well, you know, my grandkids make us wrap gifts, and we're up all night long wrapping gifts, tape, and and for it to be tore open the next day, then we've all, and my family, we've all (laughs) gotta put on these same type of pajamas, We've got to put the red pajamas on, and then we got to take the picture with the red pajamas. And we've got to do all this, and then my house is a mess. And they make, you know what? Every year, I threaten that I'm not putting up a tree this year because I'm tired of that. We're going to just do this. And, do that. and every year, they look at me like I'm crazy. I've tried to take the family on vacations for Christmas. And my granddaughter said, well, how are we going to bring the Christmas tree? So my wife and my family, they all love Christmas. They love all the trappings, all the symbolism, all the everything that has to do with Christmas. They love it, and so it is what it is. I wish I could get free gifts to give away, I though. Still, I'm going broke every Christmas. I got to save all year for Christmas.
1: <laughs> oh, tell me about it, Pastor. Good grief, the wife goes nuts with this stuff. All right, finally. I, can I
4: ask you one last question? What do you want for Christmas? I got to ask you a question. What's up with yes, Jill, what's up with Jill Biden's Christmas decorations, man? I thought I was at the aquarium. Oh. What was all that blue stuff hanging <laughs> on the windows? I looked at that and said, what is this nonsense? She's the worst Christmas decorator in the world. I don't know. And I'm sure everyone remembers,
1: too, the red Christmas boxes that are are going (laughs) around the front. It it, it looked—honestly, these people, Pastor, I don't want to judge because I don't think I could decorate well for Christmas—
4: there's something wrong there to look
1: at that and think, yeah, I nailed it. What's wrong with these people?
4: Look, Jill, just get some bulbs from Walmart or Target and string them like I do. Get the bulbs, <laughs> throw them over the bush, plug them in, and that's it. Because it has to look. Don't be creative. We do not need her creativity because she's not creative at all. And her team sucks, too. <laughs> look Simplicity at that. Is look at this.
1: Pastor Darryl Scott, very, very Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year.
4: You sir. too, man. God bless you.
1: Or bless. Good man right there. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, But if you do, as many families did, you get vaccinated and boosted, you use testing judiciously before you gather, you gather in well-ventilated spaces and use masks Mm -hmm. whenever you can in public indoor spaces, your risk can be quite low and your holidays can be quite fulfilling. That's what so many families experienced this past Thanksgiving.
1: Joining me now... My friend Liz Wheeler of The Liz Wheeler Show. Liz, I just, just hang with me here for a second because I'm confused. Now, as you know, I'm a very low IQ person anyway, so I get confused easily, but I'm really lost. I thought 15 days was going to be enough. You remember that, 15 days. And then I thought Easter was going to be enough. And then I was told the vaccine would be enough. And then the booster would be enough. And apparently now we have to do all those things at all times. Why would I need a mask if I'm vaccinated? I'm not. But if I was, why would I need a mask? In fact, if I was vaccinated, why would I care about who's unvaccinated? Liz, please unpack this for me. I'm so lost.
5: I mean, I I don't know if I can have this conversation because I need to stop for a second and call the FBI to report you for dissenting from, you know, King Fauci's dictates <laughs> here. How dare you think you can ask the question? How dare you think you can refer to a scientific study? How dare you think you can use common sense and, you know, science to determine what's best for you and your family? No, the whole thing is ridiculous. I, I actually was laughing watching that video because I'm picturing what his Christmas must look like. And it, I, I mean, I don't know, are they all robots? Is he inviting Mark Zuckerberg to his what to his celebration here? I mean, this this is not fulfilling. I'm going to be gathering with my family like a normal person, just like I did at Thanksgiving, just like you, are, I, I'm sure, did at Thanksgiving. We are going to enjoy our holidays. I'm not going to ask any of my family if they're vaccinated, if they wear masks, if they're in a well-ventilated area. I mean, isn't that the opposite of what a Christmas gathering is? At Christmas, you pack all of your family members into one very closed space. It's usually too warm. There's too many people, and it's wonderful. That's how we're going to celebrate Christmas, and we're all going to be fine.
1: Liz, if we were to bring your husband on here and I was to ask him, what's the Christmas tradition Liz insists on that is the most brutal for you, which one do you think he would say?
5: Oh, I know without a doubt exactly what he would say. It's a tradition that... Um, started actually with my dad's family. My dad did this as children. He passed it on to us, and I'm now passing it on to my daughter. And it happens while we're decorating the Christmas tree. We decorate, we put the lights on, we put the ornaments on, we listen to Christmas music, yada, yada, yada. It's beautiful. And then we get to the tinsel. And in my family, it is a tradition to try to put tinsel on each other's heads without them noticing, get it all tangled in the hair, and then photograph it. And of course, No one can be subtle about this because we're all gathered around the Christmas tree. It's so funny. All of my siblings love it. All of our spouses think it's really weird and it's going to continue into perpetuity. It's wonderful.
1: It is really weird. Please give him our best whenever you get a chance. Let him know we're praying for him. All right. Joe Biden, his vaccine mandates keep getting struck down, he keeps doing them anyway. He's very unpopular. So especially going into the Christmas season when gas prices are up, and why as a president with low approval numbers would you continue doing things that are unpopular? Explain why no one in that administration can back off ever.
5: Because they're not interested in popularity as much as they're interested in pushing their communist, socialist, Marxist agenda. And what better way to do this than force compliance with an unscientific mandate? I mean... Justin, you and I know that even if a government had the power or the authority, I should say, because authority is just power, even if they had the authority to issue these vaccine mandates, which Joe Biden as the chief executive at the federal level does not have the authority to do, it's unscientific because the idea of this universal vaccination would mean that the vaccine wasn't about the individual. We know, by the way, that individuals, the vast majority of individuals, young, healthy people without comorbidities who are of normal weight, are not at risk of fatality of COVID-19. That's simply the fact of the matter. We've, we've seen this virus, how it operates for two years. We know the reality of it. So what would be the justification then for a young, healthy person like you to get vaccinated if you are not at risk? Well, what the public health officials tell us, the Biden administration tells us, is that it's not about us, it's about other people. We don't want um, young, healthy people to transmit this virus, to be vectors of transmission, um, and give this virus to those who are immunocompromised or elderly at risk of fatality. Well, the CDC director, Walensky, actually shot a hole in this um, narrative when she said, well, what what the vaccine can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So like I said, even if there was some kind of authority, some kind of just power that the Biden administration had to issue these mandates, which there's not, they have no such authority, there's no practical reason for this to happen. So why do they continue to push this? Because they want to force compliance. They want people to obey the government. They want to get in the habit of violating people's individual rights so that people become desensitized to it so that they can push even further to usher in their ultimate goal, which is Marxism.
1: Liz, one thing I never understood was the mall Santa. It's not not that I have an issue with Santa, although I burst my kids bubble very early on. I have no Santa issue. I don't want to be made into Ebenezer Scrooge here. But the mall Santa, and we would have to go wait in line, and the kids are sitting on his lap. Is this a thing that you do? Why do women love doing this? Uh, Explain this to me.
5: Well, I can't explain to you why people love this, because I personally, my daughter is um, 10 months old, but... I personally will not be taking her to sit on some creepy mall Santa's lap. <laughs> I know they supposed to be under a background <laughs> check, but what, what could be? What could be a worse thing to do? First of all, I think it's kind of mean because most of the time when you get pictures of kids on Santa's lap, the kid is crying. So what am I supposed to tell my daughter to trust me? Um, teach her to trust me, teach her to rely on me, teach her that I'm her security, and then go and put her on some dude that she doesn't know on his lap and tell her that it's a Ok. No, I will not. I will not be partaking in um, in this little tradition, even if the guy's not a creep. Which, I don't know. I just get weird vibes from all Santas. Like, I'm
1: pretty sure he's a creep. Yeah, no, I do have questions about a man who will wear a costume and have obnoxious little kids sitting on his lap all day long intentionally. That just seems like an odd career move. But hey, I'm sure Joe Biden would do it without hesitation. Moving on. Liz, <laughs> Republicans, what do you want for Christmas from Republicans?
5: Well, obviously a backbone. I'd like some adherence to the Constitution. Mm. I'd like them not to be so worried about what the mainstream media, what CNN, what the New York Times think of them. I'd like them to simply think, what was I sent to Washington, D.C. to do? What are my obligations? How do I best fulfill my oath? How do I best represent my constituents? You know, I want them to be pro-life. I don't want them to be worried about their popularity or worried about being slammed on Twitter if they say, yeah, actually, Roe v. Wade is unconstitutional. We should overturn it. I want them to stop spending money. I don't want them to continue to say, well, $1 trillion is less than $3 trillion, so we're actually being fiscally conservative. No, I want them to look at our constitutional rights one by one and go down the line and say, we will protect and defend. We will protect and defend. And stop trying to push through more legislation. We don't need more laws. We need fewer laws, actually. We need fewer bureaucrats. We need fewer people making rules. We need to clear away the rebel, drain the swamp, if you will, and just get back to what government was intended to do, protecting our fundamental, inherent, God-given human rights. Now, I know this is a lot to ask, but listen, you know, if we're, if we're putting all these mall Santas out of, out of work, at least they can bring us that for Christmas.
1: Liz, I'm sure you're going to have about two dozen kids at some point in time. What are you going to teach them about Christmas?
5: <laughs> I don't know if this, if my husband put you up to saying that or if there's some, there's some conspiracy that uh, I should know about, but I'm, I'm focusing on my one sweet daughter right now, and we will take other blessings <laughs> as they come. Um, what am I going to teach her about Christmas? Well, of course, I'm going to teach her the reality of Christmas, what Christmas really means, that's the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm going to teach her the Christmas story, the nativity story. Um, she actually recently learned to pull herself up on the windowsill and um, reach for my nativity scene, which is sitting on the windowsill. Unfortunately, it's porcelain, so I don't know how long that's going to last. I might have to get a plastic Oof. one. But I, I, this was very interesting. I did a poll actually on my locals and on my Instagram Asking other parents, what do you, how do you handle Santa Claus? What do you tell your kids? Like you tell them that it, Santa Claus is real. Do you tell them that Santa Claus is just pretend, a fun thing that we do, like Rudolph and Frosty? Um, and I was actually, because I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't want to confuse her. I don't want to confuse fantasy with reality. I don't want her to confuse Jesus is born with Santa's coming. Um, I also don't want to be like you said, a Scrooge and take away something magical and fun from a little kid. But this was interesting, Jesse, because 60% of parents in my poll said that they tell their kids that Santa's real, but 40% of parents said that they don't tell their kids that Santa's real, that they tell them from the get-go that Santa is pretend or make-believe or fantasy. And I was actually surprised that the number was that high.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, look, obviously no one needs to take parenting advice from me. We never pushed it on them because I always thought it was kind of weird to basically lie to them for a bunch of years. We let them believe, and then about the time they were, I think they were six and eight. I sat them down and said, "Santa's not real." All that stuff's coming from your mother and I, and mostly your freaking grandparents. But anyway, that's how we handled it. Liz Wheeler, you go have a very merry Christmas.
5: Thank you, Jesse. You too. All
1: right, we got Mike Slater next.
4: <laughs> Let's take the holiday setting. You're with your family, you have grandparents and parents and children. When you get vaccinated and you have a vaccinated group and you are in an indoor setting, you can enjoy, as we have traditionally over the years dinners and gatherings within the home with people who are vaccinated. And that's the reason why people should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated.
1: Joining me now, my friend Mike Slater. Mike, I know you're big on Christmas as I am. Uh, What is going to be the Slater policy for checking those vaccination Mm. cards before you can, you know, celebrate the birth of Jesus?
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to keep the disgusting vermin children out back, of course, because they're (laughs) too too diseased to be near us because they're not eligible (laughs) yet. What a sick, disgusting display. New York Times, someone wrote... Uh, like a advice question and the the reporter literally wrote back the kids should stay outside wear masks if they must come inside to eat quickly put the mask back on and then stay away from the older relatives and go back outside this was like like last month (laughs) insane still Mike you
1: have a special on the first with Alex Berenson and it has something to do with Fauci does it
2: not? Yeah, Fauci's uh, not a good person, and he's been wrong a lot for a long time. Uh, There's a clip that was recently recently released of Fauci in 1983. This was the beginning of the AIDS pandemic. And this is how Fauci was known, right? He was, like, one of the top guys uh, in the beginning of the whole AIDS thing. This is how he got the presidential medal of freedoms because of his work with the AIDS epidemic. And he posited that AIDS can spread through casual contact, not just sexual intercourse or drug needles. And he was... Wrong And created a ton of panic because of it. And he was wrong. And my suggestion, as is the great Alex Berenson's, is that he is just as wrong today about COVID as he was about AIDS back in 1983. But that's, you know, how how government works. You fail up.
1: You know, I, I, let's talk about COVID for a brief second, even though it's a Christmas special. <laughs> because you've done the research on it. What do we believe about the spread of COVID? Because, look, it's it's become a glib thing people say. I say it all the time, but I'm genuinely curious. We do have these huge football games, 100,000 people in a stadium, people packed in bars and restaurants in places like Florida with no COVID spike. How, how does this thing move around? What do you believe?
2: Yeah, uh, I believe that we are arrogant, conceited people who don't put God first, therefore elevate nature and science to the place that God used to be. And we think that we can control a virus, that we have the power and the science and the technology to manipulate things and people and vaccines in order to to, to beat a virus. And the truth is we're absolute idiots. We are literally in the cave, the stone age, of understanding how viruses start, how they spread, and how they interact in people's bodies. We know nothing. This is a sign of our incredible arrogance to think that we can stop the spread and flatten the curve. Uh, Alex Berenson, uh, one of his lines is, the virus is gonna virus. That's just what it does. That's what viruses do. They act randomly. Sometimes they're super-spreader events, sometimes they're not. And to think that we can control that is the height of arrogance. But it's a sign, sorry, to bring it back to Christmas, it's the sign of our pagan culture, right? So, real quick, there's a lot of uh, flood stories uh, in different cultures all around the world. But in all the different flood stories, the gods, and the god or gods in charge of it, are powerless. Maybe they start the flood, but they can't stop it. It's out of the gods' control. Nature is all-powerful, even above the gods. But in the Christian, in the biblical uh, uh, flood story, God starts the flood, ends the flood. All of nature is entirely within his control. We used to have that worldview, that God is in control. Now we don't, because we eliminated God. So now we put nature and government in control. And here's what we see. Is Christmas about Santa? <laughs> Santa's entire verbal contribution to our society is ho, ho, ho. He is a, a uh, it, 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 is, it is shameful that we even consider ourselves a Christian country that we've elevated uh, this pagan idol. <laughs> I feel very strongly against uh, this concept of Santa, and he is not in the Slater home. He's a cheap, pathetic substitute for God, right? He's, he's supposed to be all-knowing, right? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Uh, well, so is the real God, but that's not a works-based religion, right? Like, Santa only gives you gifts if you're good, but then even if you're not, he still gives you gifts, so he's a liar as well. Uh, God can give you eternal life, even when you don't deserve it. Uh, I think Santa, also telling our kids to believe in Santa, I think it primes kids to think that Santa, the Tooth Fairy, and God are all things that you believe when you're a little kid, when you're immature, when you don't know better, and, uh, and then you grow up, you grow out of them. And I think it primes people for an atheism. It did for me, um, and I don't think there's any reason why we need to elevate Santa above that of Batman. My kids know Batman's not real. It's a fun story. And same thing with Santa. We don't need to make a huge deal about it, but I don't know why we need to elevate it to the position of God.
1: Okay, let's talk about the Slater family and your Christmas traditions. What do you eat? What do you do? What is Christmas Day like? Are you one of these weirdo freak families who open their gifts on Christmas Eve? I'll never abide by that. But anyway, wow. what is the Slater family? Is that right? Why why Christmas? wait, wait, what, why the uh, the conviction against the Christmas
2: Eve uh, present?
1: Here's here's why I don't like it. See, we used to open our pajamas. We get we get sure. a pair we get a set of pajamas, even though Absolutely. I don't even wear pajamas. We'd open those on Christmas <laughs> Eve. But but here's why I don't like it. You've waited all this time. Why are you? Why can you not wait one more right. night? It's I the like anticipation it. that makes yeah. the next day so
2: sweet. Don't burn it on Christmas Eve. But anyway, what is you,
1: this? In all seriousness, what is the Slater tradition?
2: I like it. You're, ro- you're right. Opening up present day before robs Christmas of some of what it is. Um, here here's what I want to say, and it's, it's pretty interesting. You know what? You, you spoke of this on Thanksgiving. You talked about how. You, what did you make for Thanksgiving? You didn't make turkey is the point. What did you make? Uh, we made uh, beef
1: tenderloin there you and go. fettuccine alfredo and berry, <laughs> uh, berry uh, crumble, and
2: it was wonderful. There you go. And your point was that you don't have to be a slave to bad traditions that everyone hates. We're like making turkey. No one yep. likes turkey. as on, on the, like, And we know that because no one's eating turkey today. Um, and I think the same thing is true with traditions. I, I'm a pretty new dad. Our oldest is five, and we have three. Um, we can make our own traditions, and we're still in the process of doing that in the Slater family. Where I don't have to have the same traditions that my family had because we weren't Christians growing up. We were priesters We went to Christmas or we went to church twice a year—Christmas and Easter. We were priesters I had no idea what the gospel was. I had no idea. just—we'd go on Christmas the midnight service, and I'd be tired, and I'd just hear about like barnyard animals, and like I had no clue what Christmas really was. Um, and. I don't want those same traditions that we had growing up. My parents did the best they could, but we can do much, much better. So we're still, that's like a dodge of an answer. We're still in the process of figuring it all out, but it's not materialistic and it's not pagan. I'll tell you that. No, that's,
1: I love that stuff. I love that answer. We don't have one yet. We're coming up with one. I'll tell you this year... We are trying to focus more and more on others in the Kelly household. Now, except for me, I'm going to continue to focus only on myself. But we've sat the boys down and we've told them, hey, I want you to come up with someone you want to bless for Christmas this mm. year. And I'll tell you, that is working well. They get into it. They're the, I want to bless the homeless. I want to find a, a gold star family that the kids get into that giving as much as getting. But anyway, our, well, listen, I do ki- want to ask you, speaking of. As I was going to say,
2: are our kids today not the single most spoiled generation in the history of planet Earth? Right. Even if you and I would take efforts to not spoil them, I mean, goodness gracious, they turn on the water and clean water comes out, right? So th- there's never been more spoiled kids ever. And then to have a special day where we spoil them even more, you you're and my kids are f- a far cry from Tiny Tim receiving like the, f- the only gift he's ever received in his entire life. Ash, I'll tell you this story. This was in. Oh, I wanna say Vietnam. I think it was in Vietnam and there were some Americans who were taken captive. I wish I could remember the place. Anyway, this guy and his brother were in a prisoner of war camp. They were young. They were like eight and 12 or something like that. And they received uh, a chocolate bar flown in from like the Red Cross. They dropped in a package, right? And they got a chocolate, they got a chocolate bar. Every single day, these two brothers, every day they got to their chocolate bar, unwrapped it and had one Lick. Jesse, they didn't even have a bite like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I thought the guy was going to say I had a bite every day. hit a lick of this chocolate bar every single day. Okay? Our kids are fine. They have plenty, plenty of gifts. And I love that you focus other people on this holiday.
1: All right, Mike, finally, uh, I know abortion is something you are passionate about, as am I, and I know if you sign up to be a First TV supporter, you can watch your special on it on demand. Tell us about that special real yeah, quick, please.
2: Yeah, man, super grateful that you are uh, in this fight as well. There's no more noble fight, I believe, especially for men to get involved to. The fact that women could could tell men to sit down on the greatest moral issue of our day is an abomination. Real quick, three aspects that we're going to cover. Uh, the, the biological question, when does life begin? It's an absolute scientific biological no-brainer it begins at conception it could not begin at any other place we'll prove that we'll talk about the legal arguments of roe v wade it's based on nothing it's 14th amendment right to privacy give me a break so we'll go back to english common law and what laws were around in the 1800s that disprove that ridiculousness and then we'll talk about the emotional side of abortion there's no scientific legal philosophical or religious argument for abortion all they have is the emotional one a woman in a crisis pregnancy so we'll talk about that and how to confront, and, and not confront, that's even too dry. how to love, how to get alongside, excuse me, how to get alongside a woman who's in a crisis pregnancy to help them choose life. So firsttv.com support.
1: Firsttv.com support. Go check it out. As he said, there is no more important issue than that one. Mike, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and the Slater family. All the best. Come back soon, brother. To you, brother. We'll do it. Thanks, man. Coming up next, final thoughts. Hang on. (laughs) We talked to a lot of people tonight about Christmas about how Biden stole it, about their traditions. It was been a obviously blast of a show, but I realized I didn't even tell anybody what our tradition is. And here's what the Kelly family does. Christmas Eve night. I got this one from my folks. We generally open one very small gift. I'm talking pajamas or an ornament you can put on the tree. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do the ornament on the tree this year because the wife took over the tree, and now she's been watching a lot of these Hallmark Christmas movies, and I don't think she's going to allow anyone to add anything to the tree. She has it just the way she wanted it, but either way, we'll open up a small gift on Christmas Eve. Then Christmas morning, here's how it generally works. The kids get up at like 4 a.m., And come down and they're like, Mom, Dad, wake up. And we say, go back to bed or you're grounded. And they have to go back and pretend like they sleep for another hour or two. And then we drag our butts out of bed. And they're sitting there just dying with anticipation. And here's what I do. I walk super slow over to the coffee pot, put on a cup of coffee, uh, stretch out. Hey, does anyone want any breakfast? Just knowing they're dying to start opening gifts. And then, yes, once we get a cup of coffee in our hands, we'll go sit down We'll take turns. Not everybody at once will take turns opening whatever gifts have come in. We generally buy our kids one or two. Of course, the grandparents buy them a ton. Then when all that's done, after, after all said and done, we will sit down and open up the Bible, and we'll read the story, the true story of why we have Christmas, the birth of Jesus. And then we'll have a good breakfast. Generally, we'll turn the kids loose to play. And then one great meal this year, Seafood. This year we're going to get some lobster, maybe some crab, depending on what's on sale. And that's the Kelly family Christmas. And remember, obviously the promo was about how Joe Biden stole Christmas, but nobody can really steal Christmas if you know what it's about. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.